Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartinized. Today, a double episode. Squatting and Old Man Yells at Plant. Andrew Finch was a 28-year-old man living at home with his family, and he heard some commotion outside his house, saw some lights flashing, went to check it out, not knowing he had less than a minute to live. He opened the door, stepped out on the porch, heard some yelling and screaming, and then felt a bullet hit his body, and he died. He was the victim of a practice among gamers known as swatting, a practice that only happens in America for reasons that are rather disturbing. It happens when gamers get angry at each other, and one of them calls the cops on the other one. He somehow discerns what the victim's address is and then places a 911 call, painting a picture of something really horrible going on at that address. And the cops show up in full gear, bust down the door, and go after the victim. This is the first time that it has resulted in a death. There are about 400 of these incidents every year in the United States. So it's certainly something that the police should know about. In this particular case, the man who initiated the swatting call got the address from his victim, but his victim just gave him a random address, not his real address, and that was the address where the police showed up and murdered Andrew Finch. And while Tyler Barnes, the 25-year-old man who was accused of initiating the swatting call, has been charged with involuntary manslaughter. There have been no charges filed against the cop who actually murdered Mr. Finch. By the way, Mr. Finch didn't even play video games. He was just a guy at home with his family who was murdered by an American cop. So why does this kind of thing happen, and why does it only happen in the United States? Well, it happens in the United States because our police are A, completely out of control, and B, totally unaccountable in almost all cases. Take, for instance, the case of Justine Damond, an Australian woman engaged. And if you looked at her picture... She was just she was a pretty blonde woman, and she just looked like somebody who would be fun to hang around with. She just looked cool. Uh, you don't get to hang around with her anymore because she was murdered by Officer Mohammed Noor. She had heard some noise going on behind her house. It sounded like people were either having sex or maybe there was a sexual assault going on, so she called 911. The cops showed up, and by the time they arrived, whatever had been going on had stopped. There was nobody there doing anything. So she was standing outside in her pajamas discussing this with one cop, and Officer Mohammed Noor, a Somali who had been fast-tracked into that position, 
in order for the police department to look nice and politically correct, sitting in the passenger seat of the police car, shot her in the stomach and killed her. No reason was ever given. A few excuses were tried, like there were fireworks in the distance that startled him. But it's still being investigated. This is six, seven months now. The prosecutor is blaming the investigators, saying they're not doing their job, so he can't prosecute. Meanwhile, she's dead. Murdered. By an American cop. Now, if instead of her being shot, it had been a cop being shot, how long do you think that investigation would have taken? And how long would it be before the mundane who shot the cop was put in jail for the rest of his life? Walter Scott was pulled over for a daytime traffic stop because he had a brake light that wasn't working. And while the officer was checking out the license and insurance and registration, Walter made a fatal mistake. He got out of this car and he ran away. The officer jumped out of his car, ran after him, followed him into a park. And there, someone with an iPhone captured a perfectly clear video of what happened. Officer Michael Slager, following Walter on the run, shot him in the back several times, ran up to his body, determined that he was dead, ran back to where he had dropped his taser, picked up his taser, brought the taser over to Mr. Scott's body, and dropped it. And then he filed a police report that said Walter had attacked him, had wrestled with him to get the taser from him, and that was why he killed him. Although it's very, very clear on the video exactly what happened, and it did go to trial, there was a hung jury. Yeah, the jury couldn't decide. No reasonable person could look at that video and determine it was anything other than a murder, but Justice Theodore working the way that it's intended to, let him go with a hung jury. Now, this is one of the rare cases where some justice actually occurred because the feds got involved and they went after him for a civil rights violation and did get him to plead guilty to that and he got a jail sentence for it. But that's extremely rare. Perhaps the most upsetting and infuriating case recently was the case of Daniel Shaver. Daniel was in a hotel room with a couple of friends showing them a pellet gun that he had, and someone looked through the window of his hotel room, reported it to the manager, somebody up there has a gun. The hotel manager called the cops, and the cops showed up in full force. And there is a video out there that was released after the trial that shows exactly what happened. Mr. Shaver was on his belly trying to respond to the commands that were being screamed at him, conflicting commands. Get on your knees, get on your belly, cross your legs, and then crawl toward me. And... When the shorts he was wearing started to fall, he grabbed for them. 
and Officer Philip Brailsford shot him six times. No reasonable person looking at that video would conclude that it was anything other than a cold-blooded murder. In fact, the officer that shot him had the words, you're fucked, etched on his gun. He was just itching to kill somebody. And he got his wish. And it went to a jury, and the cop was acquitted. And you may ask yourself, well, how is that even possible? How could any reasonable person look at that and not convict this murdering cop? Well, one piece of evidence the jury didn't get was that the officer had your fucked etched on his gun. That was withheld by the judge because it would be prejudicial. But I don't think that would have even mattered very much. I really don't. Where they find these people? Well, if you've ever spent any time on social media following any stories like this, you will see these people almost immediately. In this particular case, people would post that video on Facebook, and usually within one or two or three posts, someone would show up and start defending the cop. Blah, 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 he should have done this, he should have done that, blah, blah, blah. Here's this, now here's a guy who is minding his own business that suddenly finds himself in a hotel hallway being screamed at by an angry cop looking to shoot somebody and he's supposed to react perfectly while this highly trained police officer is allowed to do pretty much whatever the hell he wants and get away with it. All you need on a jury is a few of these people, we call them cop suckers, defending the police, and the cop walks. That's the way justice theater works. So the only thing surprising about the swatting murder of Andrew Finch is that it hasn't happened before. Because swatting has been going on for a couple of years. Like I said, there's like 400 cases of it every year. So cops should know about it. And rather than show up, in the case of Mr. Finch, and assessing the situation, looking around, seeing what was going on, was this real, was this not real? Instead, the cops just murdered the first guy who walked out the door. It could have been a hostage if this were a real situation, but eh, it doesn't matter. They're cops. They shoot first and don't ask any questions later. Last year, American police killed... 1,189 people. You're eight or ten times more likely to be shot by a cop than hurt by a terrorist. That's pretty scary. Now, can we call this a police state? Well, I tend to, yeah, because the cops can do whatever they want and get away with it 99.9% .9 of the time. Now, a lot of folks will argue with this. They'll say, well, a police state is when the police just show up and yank people out of their houses and disappear them. And we're not at that point. At least not yet. But if we ever get there, I'm sure, I know for a fact, that people responding to posts about it in social media will be doing everything they can to justify it. 
Episode 2, Old Man Yells at Plant. Most attorney generals are evil because they have to enforce evil laws, but they can decide which ones to go after and which ones not to. Obama announced that the feds were going to back down on busting marijuana dispensaries where states had made them legal, and that was followed by about a month of intense busts all over the country. But then they finally calmed down and pretty much stopped doing it. But the evil Jeff Sessions, our current attorney general, has decided the drug war needs to be ramped up, and he's going to go after all the states that have legalized marijuana and go after the people who are dispensing it in violation of federal law. Now, I don't know that this is anything to be extremely worried about for a couple of reasons. First of all, they made this announcement about a month ago, and we haven't actually seen any action. We haven't actually seen the feds do this. Federal prosecutors quite often have political aspirations to be something more, and they probably don't want a lot of things on their record showing them busting pot dispensaries, knowing that that will only appeal to a few mouth breathers who still think the drug war is a great idea. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. There are two things that states could do to deal with this. One of them is quite possible and could easily be done. And the other is just kind of a fantasy of mine. It never happened, but I'd love to see it. The thing that states could do is simply refuse to cooperate. When the feds come in, they require assistance of all sorts from the state police and the local police. And all that the state would have to do is issue a decree that says no one in the state is allowed to help any federal official who is going to break the state's marijuana laws by going after stores and dispensaries. They get no vehicles, they get no surveillance, they get no intelligence, they get no cooperation whatsoever, they get no manpower, they can't use the jails, they can't use the courts. Don't let them use anything on a state level. And that would make it very difficult for them, for the feds, to do their job. And that's possible, that could happen. But what I'd really like to see and like I said, this is a fantasy. I don't think it would ever happen, but it could. I'd like to see some sheriff with huge cojones go after the feds who busted someone for operating a dispensary that was running in accordance with the state laws. That was all nice and legal as far as the state was concerned. Have the sheriff go in, arrest all the federal agents for breaking state law. Throw them in jail. Confiscate 
all their vehicles, weapons, and equipment under acid forfeiture because they committed a crime and auctioned it off immediately. Now, it would never hold up. The people would, the, the feds would not end up staying in jail and the charges would be dropped and whatever. But imagine if this were to happen. That particular sheriff would become a household name and a hero. People would write songs about him. 25 years from now, 50 years from now, people would still be talking about it. I would just love to see that happen. But, like I said, that's just a fantasy. I don't think it's ever going to happen. And that's it for these episodes of the Quick Hitch Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, congratulations, you've been smartenized. Well, this is late. This is not in keeping with my grueling pace of one show a month. Life has been extremely busy and extremely crazy. You know, every once in a while, your life's going along kind of smooth and you just doing life. Everything's okay. And then something hits and it just goes batshit. And I'm not going to go into any details, but things have just gotten uh, insane and will remain that way probably for at least another couple of months. Um, it's not something horrible, you know, it's not like I'm in trouble or have medical issues or whatever, but it's just something that's very, uh, exhausting and tiring and to the point where even when you've got the time to do something like this, like this podcast, yeah, it just, you just don't feel like it. However, people respond to incentives and you can incentivize me to do these more often. As I mentioned before, I started a Patreon account. You can go in and look under Quick Hits or under Dave Hit and make a donation. Right now, the donations are, just checked it, $5 a show. Uh, for those of you who did donate, I do appreciate it. I do thank you. But that's not a huge incentive. If you really want to incentivize me, stop in and you haven't contributed yet, drop in, drop a buck. If it gets up to the point where oh, gee, I really don't feel like doing a show right now, but look, I'll make this money if I do. Well, then uh, you'll get more shows more often. It's, it's that simple. I will have something else probably uh, before the end of the month for you again. But until then, the only thing left to remind you is that the Quick Hits Podcast is a journal of one man's opinion and therefore should not be taken too seriously. Seriously.